Hello and welcome to episode number 130 of the Lions podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson, Brad Allen, where we run down every single game in the NFL. Hopefully give you guys some insight into how you might can make some money in all of this. If you want to follow Brett at Brett Colson, if you want to follow Brad at Brad Allen NFL, if you want to follow me at Matt Brown M2. And of course, we have a YouTube channel as well. So be sure and click that YouTube button off of the lines.com. It'll take you right to the channel and subscribe and do all of that. Everything we do is free. So be sure and take advantage of all the content that we've got going on everywhere. Guys, uh, real quick, we had um, no Thursday night football. We did have Tuesday night football. We had some uh, we had some interesting games from this past week. I can only assume our biggest shock of the week is the fact that the Chiefs lost outright. I can only assume if we're going to take one thing away where we were like, wow, that is the one thing I did not see coming to fruition. Uh, Brad, would it be that the Raiders were able to not only take down on the Chiefs, but, uh, you know, make it look fairly convincing. Yeah, I mean, the second half was pretty pretty dominant. They forced three punts and an interception. I think Josh Jacobs whacked in a couple of touchdowns. Um, and I think it, it showed a couple of things to me. One was how important Henry Ruggs is, or just a deep threat. I think yep. in general, I've spoken about it a couple of times, but you stick that deep throw on the field and suddenly it looks so much different because you have to double him or he burns you deep. And, and you know, that just that swings the odds in your favour. And the other thing is, this Chiefs interior offensive line is is a problem now. Um, you know, that Kelechi Semele went down, he was already in there replacing someone. So they're down to, you know, a bit of a, a third string guard in there. So that's a bit of a problem. And you actually, you look at a lot of Mahomes' metrics this year. They're like 16th in yards per attempt, 17th in, in success rate. They're, they're not doing what we expected them to do. Um, and we, we might get into that game later. Well, I'm sure we will get into that game later. But uh, there, there's a few few chinks in the armour, I think. Yeah. Uh, Brett, I know that uh, you don't really want to talk about it, but I think one of the other results that was fairly shocking was the Bills this past week. And um, what did you take from that game, if any? Because I went back and rewatched it, and I looked. I watched it basically live anyway, and then I had the box score, and then I rewatched the games it was. And I actually am not as high – I mean, I'm not as, as much on downgrading the Bills, I think, as I was live because you're talking about four different scores – for that Titans team that came 30 yards or less as three of them coming 16 yards or less in that game. I mean, we're talking about like aberrations as opposed to like things I think that we can tangibly pull away. Allen had a bad game. Look, I don't think anybody thought all this MVP talk. I don't think anybody thought that he was going to get through the season unscathed. That's just kind of not his style. He was going to have a bad game somewhere along the way. A 42-yard punt return, which got the Titans into uh, plus territory to start another drive as well. So I don't know. I mean, it's certainly not a, a, a great outcome for the Bills, but I don't think I'm downgrading them all that much. No, I'm not either. You also have to consider they had four key pieces on that defense out. Um, and that's, I mean, you know, Trey White and Mamelana. These are very good football players. You take them out of the, the rotation. And yeah, the, the Titans kind of had their way with the Bills on offense. And yeah, a lot of short fields. Allen didn't play well. I'm not throwing that game mm-hmm. away, but I think it's it's definitely humbled Bills fans. Uh, that is for <laughs> sure. People talking Super Bowl. And it's just like, guys, they, they, come on. We've, it's still Josh Allen. He's going to have yeah. these games where he looks like the player that he's been the past couple of years. He's definitely improved in some areas, but you know, he's still, uh, he, he makes the occasional boneheaded play. Some of the stuff wasn't his fault this past week, but um, yeah, it, it's still Josh. Yeah. And I think that that's basically the, my biggest takeaway from, from the whole thing is like, look, he's going to have these, he's going to have these games probably a few times a year. It's just the, his style of play. That's the way he kind of goes about everything. And uh, I'm not really, not really uh, downgrading this team all that much from that. We're going to kind of gloss over this Broncos Patriots game. One it's the biggest spread of the week as it is anyway Two, there's still a little bit of ambiguity as to how things are going to go. Will it actually get played on Sunday? The plan as we're recording this right now is for it to go on Sunday, but you know, we've seen things get moved here and there. Maybe it's Monday, maybe it's Tuesday. Also injury reports haven't confirmed who's going to be even playing quarterbacks quarterback for both of these teams. And so uh, we'll just kind of get past that one and move on. I think it will be lock and new, um, the way that it looks right now. But again, a 10-point spread in that one, so not really too incredibly worried about breaking that game down. But let's get into uh, Brad, as you mentioned. So right off the bat here, let's talk this uh, this Chiefs and Bills game. Um, there is – well, that's actually – we'll save that for Monday. Let's um, 
Let's get into the Bears and Panthers. And from the Bears and the Panthers, this is a Panthers team that has started to put things together a little bit. We were looking at this offense at the beginning of the year and wondering what the hell was going on. And I think that, look, it maybe just needed the coaching staff a little bit of time. It is a new head coach. It is a new offensive coordinator to kind of start to put things together a little bit. And then we were talking about a historically bad defense that has maybe, I mean, look, not good by any stretch of the imagination, but maybe at least found their footing to where they're not going to be historically bad, like we thought. And what we have with that is an interesting line as to where they are favored as we sit right now, either a point or a point and a half against the four and one Chicago Bears. Yeah, there's that defense. It, it definitely has improved, but now they've got a lot of questions. So they, they've got kind of cluster injuries on that defensive line. Uh, Kawan Short, defensive tackle, he's out for the year. Brian Burns, who was probably their best pass rusher, he's he was concussed last week. He's doubtful by the looks of it. And then um, the other defensive end, Yeta Gross Matos, also um, limited or did not practice. So he, he's questionable whether he's going to play. Um, and then suddenly that that back end, you know, if that that was the strength of the defense, and the Bears O line is good enough that I think they'll they're going to give Nick Foles quite a clean pocket. Um, so I think the Bears are going to be able to move the ball here because the, the Panthers back end is is not special whatsoever. Um, so I, I can see the Bears moving the ball quite nicely. They've got a little bit of extra rest as well. And then on the other side, you would say the Bears defensive line also has the advantage. Um, you would say the, the, the way the Panthers play, they've been getting the ball out very quick to Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, you know, slants and just trying to let them run after the catch, which which they're doing well. But if if they do get behind and they do start having to drop back, the Bears, you know, they, they do like to play zone and keep everything in front of them. Um, and I can see them getting to Teddy Bridgewater if, if they keep forcing him to drop back. Um, there has been Bears money here. So obviously it was two and a half, three earlier in the week. Um, I would probably play it around plus 110 and I wouldn't go below that. So uh, lean to the Bears and, and try and get 110 or better. Brett, we are looking at a Panthers team. I think both of these teams, maybe we're getting at the top of the market where like, I kind of wish they weren't playing each mm-hmm. other this week to where maybe we would be able to fade one or the other. We're getting, you know, the Panthers after this uh, really bad start playing super good. And then a uh, kind of a paper tiger in the bears with, with a four and one record. So unfortunately they're playing each other this week. So we do have to make a choice between these two. You have a bears team that net yards per play is actually 20th in the league right now. Whenever you look at a team that's four and one, you wouldn't think that you would find a net yards per play way down at 20th but that's kind of where we stand with this team the offense is uh pass blocking not all that great down at 20th their dvoa rankings 26th in both rush and pass nick Foles' experiment hasn't necessarily uh become incredibly fruitful for them quite yet what do you think about this matchup here with you know this kind of surging panthers team yeah, the Bears aren't very good, but I I'm I'm following Brett here. I think I think the Bears are going to win again and be the worst <laughs> five and one football team we have ever seen. I think these injuries for Carolina are, are huge. Quan Shore, like Brad said, the second straight year mm-hmm. he's been uh, out for the season with a shoulder injury. We saw what happened to this defense last year after he went down. Easily the worst run defense in the NFL in 2019, and that's currently where they sit in 2020 as well. So I think the Bears will be able to move up front on the ground so yeah that, that's a big one and they like like brad said brian brian burns was limited all week looks like he will be in the game though he got a full practice in on friday but i still think the bears are going to have their way with carolina in the trenches this week i like them as a dog and on the money line i think this will probably close as a pick so if you like the bears at plus one is where they sit right now. I would advise grabbing them if you haven't already. Not a big move, obviously, off a pick, but um, I, th- I think there's still value here as of Friday. You have value on Yeah, I mean, for me, I was at first, I thought I would be on the Panthers here, but with all this injury news, now Curtis Samuel is questionable for this game. Dante Jackson is questionable as well. So just a lot of uncertainty there on the Panthers side of things, on that defensive side, especially that I'm worried about. So for me, Uh, Probably going to be a pass or, you know, I've heard some people talk about playing the Bears in a teaser leg, getting it up to seven and a half on the Bears. I don't think that that's the worst play in the world. I think if anything, I was a little bit maybe drawn to the under in this game just with the Bears futility on uh, on offense as it is anyway. And then I think that this defense is going to be able to 
maybe maybe kind of put the step up in uh, in quality here for this Panthers team, maybe bring them back down to earth just a tad. So I at least was looking at the under, but not a play that's in my account as we sit. So uh, you guys are on the Bears. I think it's going to be a pass for me. Uh, the Lions are on the road at Jacksonville right now. Lions sitting as either three and a half or three point favorites, a total of 54 and a half. Uh, Brett, this is a team you and I have spoken about several times here. We were high on the Lions coming into the season. They have done nothing to make us think that we were right about what we were doing. They sit at one and three right now. They are 27th in the league in net yards per play. They have not, we were kind of high on this offense. Understandably, they were without Galladay there for a while, but still uh, way, way down towards the bottom. The only good thing, I guess, is they're playing a team that's 28th in net yards per play in the Jaguars. So what do we think about this one? Yeah, I'm looking at this injury report for the Jaguars. Looks like some of the injuries on the defensive side are, I mean, these players are trending toward playing, but then on offense, the Jags, DJ Shark, LaVisca Chenault, questionable. I just, I question whether the Jags can keep pace with Matthew Mm -hmm. Stafford in this Lions offense. A lot of weapons here. They're healthy coming off the bye. And I think that Jaguars week one victory over Indy over Indy is still baked into this number a little bit. But Jacksonville over the past three weeks has looked every bit of the disaster we expected them to be coming into the season. So, yeah, like the Lions have bitten me early on and maybe I do need to adjust my position on them. But my my preseason read on Detroit was that this team would be much better uh, than last season. And, and now that Kenny Galladay is back and they've gotten into the softer part of their schedule. I think this team is going to go on a nice little run. And I think it starts here with uh, the Jaguars. I like the, I like the lions. Quite yeah. A bit, I right? actually just took the lions minus three. I had to pay the juice at 120 to get it off of the hook. Um, Brad, this is a lions offense that actually, when you look at PFF's grades, their run blocking unit, their pass blocking unit is actually up towards the top of the league in the NFL. Then you look at the pass rush of the Jaguars, which is non-existent towards the bottom of the league. And so I think this might be a get right spot for this Lions team. I don't like the defense, obviously. I don't think anybody here can like this defense. But in this day and age, I'm almost leaning offense over defense if it is two bad teams playing. Like I'll, I'll take the better offense, then I'll take kind of the bad defense in a situation like this. I think that we could see a turnover or two from the Jags. How do you see this Lions uh, Jags game going sitting at three, three and a half with a 54 and a half total? Yeah, the, I, I hate this game. There are, <laughs> nothing stood out to me at all. I, I, I think DJ Chark is, is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if, if he doesn't go, we saw them that Thursday night against Miami where they, they, they the, the Miami and the Detroit, they play a similar style of man defense, you know, born out of the Patriots scheme. And they, they shut them down completely, especially if Chenault doesn't play as well, because after Shark, it's kind of slot slot receivers who, you know, they're, yeah. they're relatively easy to shut down. So um, if Shark doesn't go and, it, and it's still three, I think there's, there's probably a shade of value on the lines. But as I say, I, I, I didn't like this game at all. Yeah, this was uh, so two DNPs on Wednesday and Thursday for Shark. And then on Friday, the beat reporter put very limited. So I, that, you know, sometimes that means he was just basically stretching on the sideline or something like that. So it uh, doesn't look great. Even if he decides to try to give it a go, probably a high likelihood of re-aggravation or not being able to actually live up to, to expectation in that one. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm on the lions here with you, Brett. And I think this is a get right spot for this team. So I'm going to have this in the, uh, in the account, actually I already have this in the account and feel pretty good about it. Probably be a contest play for me as well. Falcons and the Vikings. This is an interesting game because it was pulled off the board for a hot minute. There were some potential COVID issues with the Falcons. It immediately got put back up because they found out that it was only a staff member and uh, didn't have to worry about that. So it did come back up. It came back up at the same number that it went down at, which was Minnesota as a four point favorite. Now there is a four and a half at Bet MGM. So a little bit of money coming in on the Vikings over there. But four, four and a half, Brad, how do we uh, how do we see this this playing out? Of course, Atlanta first game with Dan Quinn being fired. Yeah, I I like the Vikings. Uh, We spoke a little bit last week how we knew the market liked them. There was money for them again for the third week in the row, Um, you know, moved them off. They were seven a week and then six and a half by game day, you know, and that was a tough spot for them in in the night game on the West Coast. And they they should have won that game. 
what what they've turned around it looks like Zimmer's finally got his hands on the defence um, you know they're, we're five weeks six weeks into the season now and he's, he seems to be obviously you know he's a defensive mastermind he had three rookies at corner and he seems to be moulding them into what he wants now they they played last week 40% cover cover two over the last two weeks this was a article on The Athletic and um it's working essentially basically the cover two obviously you stick your corners just down in those flat zones and then it just puts more onus on the safeties to cover more of the field and if you look at the Vikings defence they've got those Harrison Smith um, and Anthony Harris as, as the safeties they're kind of the veterans the best players on the team and the scheme just playing cover two it puts more more onus on them to cover the field so that, that's been working for them um, and then offensively they, they've been pretty good um, you know Football Outsiders has them as the eighth best offensive offence by DVO and DVOA and that's probably been improving each week especially since they started throwing to Jefferson um, they had that stat on the broadcast last week Jefferson and Thielen number one and two ranked wide receivers by PFF um, and then lastly the, the Vikings they've always been a good home favourite because the way to beat them is is pass rush if you force them to, to drop back you know they're, they're weak at centre and guard and you can you can penetrate that if you force them to drop back but when they're favourites when they can run the ball even without Dalvin Cook I'm, I'm not that bothered by the, the the backup there, they 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 can bully teams. They can shake down, and uh, the Falcons are just the perfect sort of team for them to bully and push around all day. I think. Um, so yeah, I made this one five and a half. So I was happy to lay four if you if you can. Yeah, I actually kind of thought this one would be closer to six myself. And so at four, it was a buy for me. Brett Dalvin Cook out for this. But of course, the Vikings have Alexander Madison, who arguably might be the best backup in the the league when it comes to running backs. It's basically uh, no no downgrade, in my opinion, at all from from Cook to Madison. Um, Yeah, really no no downgrade at all on the uh, on the playmaker side for Atlanta. We should mention uh, two did not practices in a row for Julio Jones on Wednesday and Thursday. We know what this kind of means, Brett. We've seen this pattern with Julio before, right? When he kind of gets these hamstring injuries. We saw two weeks ago, he tried to give it a go, wasn't able to finish out the game, then did not play last week. It's a very dicey situation for him if he even decides to go this week on top of all the other injuries that this uh, Falcons team is dealing with. And of course, adjusting to their head coach being fired. Yeah. And I I don't know what to do with this game. Like these are two of the more Jekyll and Hyde teams of the 2020 season so far week to week. I just don't know what mm-hmm. to expect from either of them. And now, yeah, if you throw Raheem Morris mm-hmm. into the mix, coaching Atlanta, I'm not going to pretend like I know what to expect from the Falcons in this game. I kind of threw this one away. Like initially I was with you guys. I thought this line would be higher, but I, I honestly have no idea. I'm definitely saying. Yeah, I, I had the Vikings in the account. The other thing I'll be looking at, and it is not on the board at DraftKings or any of the books right now, rightfully so, because they don't know what's going on with this Julio Jones situation. But if Julio were to play, like actually say he was going to suit up, I would be on over Calvin Ridley props because they are going to be lower than they should be. And I feel like even if Julio Jones is active, there's a very, very good chance that he is either more of a decoy or not necessary or not going to be able to finish out the game. I mean, two did not practices on Wednesday, Thursday, and then a very limited practice on Friday kind of tells the story there. So even if he tries to gut it out, I think this ends up being a situation where Calvin Ridley is actually the alpha in that offense. Again, not on the board right now at DraftKings or any of the other places, but if you get the news that Julio is going to try to give it a go, I'd go in and see what they have those Calvin Ridley props listed at and try to hit the overs on those because uh, he is going to be a much more prominent part of the offense um, and the the numbers are going to be way lower than they should be on that. So just something to do as you're, as you're prepping for your games there, Texans and the Titans. This is one of the more interesting lines of the week, fellas. We are sitting right now, the Titans three and a half point favorites, 53 and a half is the total. There is a 53 out there. If you, if you did want it, this thing kind of opened at three and a half, Brad. It has been sitting three and a half. Where are we on this Tennessee and Houston game? 
Uh, yeah, I'm surprised it sat there a week, to be honest. Um, I, I think the Texans are a nice player. Backed plus three and a half. I also backed some over 53 and a half. Um, so to start with, I, I like what the, the new coaching staff did there last week in, in Houston. They had eight, eight and a half yards per play mm. uh, against Jacksonville, who, you know, obviously that defense is a sieve, but it's impressive. And what they did, it was a season high in play action rate, 29%, and season high in air yards per attempt. Uh, 11.1 so they basically doubled the play action rate and started Deshaun Watson throwing deep and who knew that would be an effective way to use Deshaun Watson and those weapons Um, not Bill (laughs) O'Brien but it worked I guess we get more of the same because you know the first four weeks of the year obviously they had a tough schedule but everyone's going they've got good weapons you know Fuller, Cooks Randall Cobb they've got Deshaun Jackson the O-line's playing fine what, what's, why are they not winning and you know maybe it was just bad coaching and um, so yeah I, I, I'm, I'm a buyer of this team um, Tennessee I think they're in a bad spot really um, you know that obviously they played Tuesday night they haven't practiced that, that didn't seem to affect them in the game but they're going to have two days less rest they seem to think that that was their kind of big battle you know they were talking mm-hmm. afterwards oh you wrote us off you know how dare you we don't put us in a corner you know you, you put yourselves in a corner lads but what you know, it, basically it seemed like that was their big proving point and I, I can easily see you know on a short week that they're a little bit flat here that you know definitely a two day rest disadvantage is important um, so so yeah, with, if we give them, say, one for home field advantage, we've got to say the Titans are very clearly a better team here, and that's not really the case if you look at anything like DVOA or anything like that. Um, and then the over, you know, it's similar to what, we, what we're saying. Houston, I think, are more effective. And, and the Titans have been very impressive on offense all year. Um, I've got them second in um, early down success rate, 57%, which is which is obviously very good. So uh, I can see both teams moving the ball, and uh, I've took Houston as well. I, uh, I'm with you on this. This is, uh, either a good thing or a bad thing. Really? We're all going to win money or all going to lose money this week. Apparently, uh, Brett, I saw you kind of nodding as well. I'm a buyer on this Texans team as well. They, I think the, the use of play action, especially, uh, you know, over 25% more than they've used it in the first four games of the year was, uh, was big for them last week. And again, as Brad alluded to, taking advantage of these speed guys, which is kind of, look, if, if that's all you've got, then you need to at least take advantage of what you've got, right? And that's kind of what you have in in Cooks and Fuller. So uh, finally being able to kind of get that done and take advantage of that. And then you look really kind of deeper into this Titans team, they don't really jump off the page to you in any specific aspect. I mean, you look and you're like, okay, you like what Derrick Henry does because he somehow just seemingly is able to kind of get his every week, although he didn't this past week against the Bills. But I can't find any real huge advantage that I have for this Titans team over this Texans team, despite the fact that the the Texans have the bad record. So, uh, yeah, I'm a buyer on the Texans as well, and I'll take the three and a hook. Yeah, I'm with you guys. The Texans are my favorite oh! play of the week. Yeah, plus, uh, plus three and a half. I think a lot of people are going to look at this at these two teams and their records and ask why this is only three and a half. Like, yeah, the, tit- the Titans are 4-0. They're coming off that decisive win against the Bills in primetime. Certainly their most impressive win of the season, but that was against the Bills team, like I said earlier. With four key players out on defense, I'm not throwing that win yeah. away for the Titans, but I'm cautious in giving them too much credit, especially after the way they struggled through their first three wins of the season. Look, Tennessee leads the NFL in turnover margin right now at plus eight. I think they're due for some regression there. They're second in the league in red zone touchdown percentage at 82%. I think regression's coming there. Plus, coming off the short week against a team that's arguably the healthiest in the NFL right now in the Houston Texans. So, I love the number uh, with the hook. I like a money line bet. For Houston as well, there's been a lot of talk about Deshaun Watson and how he's looked this year, but this guy's quietly third in the NFL in passing yards Mm. per attempt uh, behind only Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers. Where they struggled is in the red zone this season. They they were top 10 in the league last year, the 23rd or 24th this year. Surely the loss of of, of Hopkins can be attributed for for some of that, but I do think this Texans team is better than the record shows, especially with O'Brien now gone. Um... I think they get a win here against an underprepared Titan squad. The other thing that I really liked about this one, digging in, and you know, we 
we quote a lot of these stats from these advanced statistics places, and it's not the end-all, be-all, but I did like the fact Pro Football Focus also has the Titans pass rush way down at 25th in the league, and the one thing we've talked about is Deshaun Watson seems like he's seemingly always running for his life because there's so much pressure on him all the time, and now they'll still get there the, for whatever reason the the uh, the the Texans cannot protect this guy. But that being said, at least it should be less than normal because they do not have one of the better pass rushes, at least in the first five weeks of the season and more time for him to throw should only be good for us and our bets in this game as well. So um, yeah, we're all on this. We're all on that one. Very interesting. Hopefully we all, hopefully we're all cashing those tickets. Uh, Brett, let's uh, head to a very, very unsexy game. The Washington football team and the New York giants. This is Kyle Allen is going to be back under center for the football team. The giants are winless. They are winless along with their New York counterpart, the jets and seeking their first win as a favorite in this game. We have seen this thing toggle back and forth between two and a half and three as we sit right now. It is pretty much three across the board. There's one, two and a half still out there at Sugar House. The Giants, three-point favorites against the football team. That's a funny thing to hear. The Giants three point favorites against anyone. Yeah, they like the metrics are telling us that the Giants are a better team than Washington, uh, quite a bit better in yards per play margin. And the market reflects that with this line. But this one to me is about matchups, one specifically being the Giants offensive line that ranks dead last in PFF pass block rate against Washington's pass rush. That is very mm. good. When Chase Young mm. is in the lineup and here facing Daniel Jones in this Giants offense that has turned the ball over more than all but two teams in the NFL this season. Same as last year. They were third in, in turnovers last year, too. This is a predictive metric that matters a lot. And I think Washington will be able to force Jones into uh, several turnover-worthy plays in this one. So I like the points. This is another one. I like, I like the road dog on the money line. I, I'm all over Washington here as well. I'm, I'm not really sure how Washington is going to score a lot <laughs> with Kyle Allen under center, but, but I do see that defense giving them opportunities for some short fields and, and possibly... Uh, like which might be why we see so 43s like and 42 and a halves in the NFL in 2020, uh, yeah. which is like basically yeah. the old school 37s we used to see um, in this day and age. Brad, I don't want to continue to sit here and just uh, agree across the board, but man, this uh, you look across at this Giants team and you can't predict interceptions, but what you can predict is a quarterback that will put himself in a position to throw more interceptions. And what we've seen is as far as like dangerous passes and bad play passes and also uh, holding the ball too long. These are all things that do show up over and over and over again. And if you look at the list at the very top, typically is always Daniel Jones. And he is just a dude that doesn't have incredibly great pocket presence yet in his short career in the NFL. And it allows people to get to him. It allows for strip sacks. It allows for bad things to happen when he continues to get uh, to put himself in these situations. And as Brett mentioned, I mean, I think that Washington probably has enough guys to take advantage of that. And in a low scoring, giving me points type situation, I think I'm going to take the points. Oh uh, yeah. This is my favorite bet of the week. I uh, love the Redskins here. Um, I mean, so they're, they're not, they're not even, I can't see a metric which says the giants are the better team anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, football outsiders has, has um, Washington a, a point ahead. PFF Elo has them slightly better as well. And it's that matchup, isn't it? It is that offensive line and a bloke mm-hmm. who stands in the pocket, like <laughs> holding the football yeah. out here. And, yeah. and, uh, and it's the second, the Washington D line is, is second by adjusted sack rate. So it's. I think it's just an absolute match made in heaven for them. Um, I, I bet three early in the week, and you know, it went down to two and a half, and I thought, okay, that's probably fair. And it's coming back to three, and I, I have no idea who's betting that. I think they're nuts. Um, so yeah, I bet money line. I bet plus three, and. I love it personally. Yeah, I think I'm going to have the, I already have the plus three and I think I might uh, take a little, little advice from old Brett over there and take a snort on the money line as well. Maybe, uh, maybe yeah. throw them in on the, uh, on the money line as well. Cause I think that this could definitely be an outright here. I'm with you, Brad. I couldn't find anything. I dug in, couldn't find anything that really points to any sort of advantage that this giants team has at all. And so uh, if you're going to give me points where also I feel like, uh, you know, there's, 
minimum turnover. There's a minimum one turnover coming in this game with a max of about three coming in this game for the Giants. And so uh, give me that all day long. I'll take it and uh, I'll take the points. All right. So, Brad, let's let's get to this one. And this is going to be one of the more interesting games of the week. The Browns and the Steelers, the surging Browns against a Steelers team that has yet to really put a complete game together. It seems like they either have an awesome defensive game or an awesome offensive game, but have yet to really put both together so far. That being said, they do sit four and oh. They did cover for everyone last week, including myself, who uh, who bet them in that game. So I can't complain too incredibly much. But uh, one of the other interesting factors heading into this one. Now, while they are all expected to play, Baker Mayfield showed up on the injury report with a ribs injury. Odell Beckham got sent home from the uh, practice yesterday with an illness. Comes out he did not have COVID, but it's still uh, you know some sort of illness that made him at least have to leave the facility. That's uh, two pretty main components there for this Cleveland team. And then uh, the other side of the ball is just the pass rush coming at Ben Roethlisberger from the Browns to the Steelers. So uh, interesting four and a half, four, three, three and a half and four is basically where we're sitting right now in favor of Pittsburgh, 50 and a half on the total. Yeah, I've been back and forward on this one all week Mm -hmm. because it's, it's a fascinating game, isn't it? So last week watching that Eagles game with the Steelers, I, I chatting to someone, I said, this Steelers back end, the, the secondary is, is awful. As soon as they can play anyone that blocks, then then back that, back the other team, basically. And the Browns can block, but I, I, I don't like Baker back there, to be honest, especially with broken ribs. Mm. Um, so PFF already hate the way he's playing. They've got him 30th ranked QB in there, um, you know, just ahead of Tyrod Taylor, who didn't last and um, Mitch Trubisky so he's not playing well I heard Greg Cosell chatting this week he's saying Baker's playing fast he's throwing turnover like he looks panicked in the pocket and this is against the Colts at home with a lead so Mm -hmm. now you're going up against the best pass rush in the NFL you're probably going to be behind at some point because you know the Steelers Steelers are going to move the ball you're missing your best guard and here, Baker's pass rating under pressure just plummets. It's 30, a PFF grade of 30, which right. is way, way, way below average. That's, that's as, bad, as bad as you get. And with broken ribs as well, you know, he's going to be in pain. I'm sure they're going to shoot him full of Toradol and all sorts. But, you know, I, I just don't want to be, I don't want to be on that side. Um, on the other side of it, the Steelers, I also think they're going to have trouble up front because David DeCastro, he looks like he's not going to play. Um, and they're probably going to have trouble blocking the, the Browns' front as well. But what they have been doing this year, the Steelers, it, it's no longer the chuck it downfield. It's, it's a lot of dink and dunk. It's got one of the lowest A dots in the league, and they've got the weapons to really take advantage of that Cleveland defensive secondary. Um, no greedy Williams again. So it's, it's Denzel Ward or bust. There's there's not much behind them. I think they're 17th in Football Outsiders past DVOA. So I think the Steelers will be able to move the ball at four. We've probably missed the boat a bit. Um, my favourite bet now would be over 51, I think, because we, we've got a couple of pass-funnel defences, which I like. You know, I, I don't think either team's going to run the ball that effectively because of those fronts, as we've talked about, and then and the bad offensive lines. Um, so they're, they're both going to have to pass a lot, and there is definite weakness in, in both secondaries. So I think over 51 is probably the way to go. Brett, this is, you know, here's the other thing about this, is when you look into the, the stats here and, like, you know, turnover-worthy plays – According to Pro Football Focus, Baker Mayfield is four times as high as far as that goes as Ben Roethlisberger has been this year. Baker's gotten by so far, and that's fine. But you have to think that if you're showing up on the injury report with rib injury and with ribs, that if anything, that would make you maybe get rid of the ball a little too soon, maybe make a little bit a little bit poor judgment because you don't want to get hit. You don't want to have these 300-pound dudes fall on top of you when you've got hurt ribs. I think in the back of his mind, it is always going to be there. His passer rating under pressure, according to Pro Football Focus, is 30.9. Ben Roethlisberger's is 92.8 for comparison purposes there. So three times uh, as much for Ben Roethlisberger as it is for Baker Mayfield. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be on the Browns this week, and I don't think I'm going to be one of them. No, me either. I, I'm with you guys. I My initial lean was on Pittsburgh. I, I haven't taken a deep dive into this game yet because the question is on the Browns offense. I didn't want any mm-hmm. noise clouding the way I viewed these two teams with the Baker injury and, and Odell and Landry. Um, 
but yeah, the, you know, the, the number is super interesting here, north of three too. With you know, we've talked about home field not mattering quite as much, and this is basically telling us that Pittsburgh is quite a bit better than yeah. than the Browns. Um, I don't know if I agree with that, but this matchup with Baker hurt, I think you're right. I think that's, it's definitely going to be on his mind. If he, you know, he does not want to take a big hit and here he is, you know, he's got TJ Watt and Bud mm-hmm. Dupree in his face all game. It's going to matter. I think I'm probably just, just going to sit this one out and enjoy watching that Browns offensive line against that Steelers pass rush. I don't, imagine this one finding my card but i do lean steelers because of the baker injury i think it steelers number one rush defense dvoa also the number one ranked pass rush in the league according to pro football focus so if they can stop the run and they are going to make it difficult to pass for baker mayfield i think it could be a long day for this browns team one of the ways that i have started to bet a little bit differently and this just works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you but if you do I just want to at least kind of pull the curtain back a little bit uh, as far as how I go about things so when sometimes these numbers sit in these weird like a four which you know again I I hate that it's past the three and I it's just a little bit sits unwell with me I have started much more often to uh, do two team money line parlays. And so like I'll take a team that it's like at at a four where I hate that it's four, which I'd much rather it be at a field goal. And so I would pair a Steelers up with another one of those type situations, which gets your, which gets your bet down to more, a little bit one-to-one, maybe even a little bit of plus money. If you find these numbers that you hate um, again, it's worked for me. I'm very selective as to how I do it. I have a, I, I, and I typically have conviction on the team winning. It's just the number that kind of sits weird in my craw. So uh, another way I think that you can go about sometimes betting these games, if they, if you feel a little bit weird with the way things sit, I mean, that Vikings game that we, that we all like, you know, that also sitting at that weird number of four, if you did two team money line parlay those, it takes a 195 favorite and a 200 favorite and makes it a plus 128 bet for you. So just, uh, you know, pulling the curtain back just a tad as one of the things I've been doing a little bit more of lately that I used to not do uh, in the past. But it's uh, it's working out so far. So if you if you think that's something you might want to go about doing. Brett, let's start here with this Ravens and Eagles game. This is now moved to eight. Over at DraftKings, it is seven and a half at BetMGM. If you want to go there, seven and a half at PointsBet. It is also eight over at FanDuel. We're sitting at 47 and a half total with the Ravens uh, heading on the road to this Eagles team that does not look like they're going to get back their pass catchers this week. It might be next week. So what do we think of this Ravens team? I mean, I think a lot of people really maybe unfairly move them down when they got the very best effort that you could possibly get from the chiefs. Um, I heard a lot of people who are saying that, that, that this is an, an Eagles or nothing. And I've heard a lot of people even say that they're going to take a little bit on the Eagles money line, which I'm like, you go right ahead. I'll book that bet for you if you want to. I, I don't know. Yeah. The, the Eagles. Well, that's because, you know, they've been in positive scripts most of the game and they don't want to put Lamar Jackson at unnecessary risk of injury. But I, I do think yeah. Lamar is playing hurt. And the fact that they didn't run a single design run for him last week, is concerning because that's why this offense was so successful last year. They dropped now from 11th to 17th in offense DVOA after last week. This is an offense that ranked number one by a mile last season and Lamar Jackson's response to the lack of running is well we're winning so it doesn't matter but it does matter like that's just a results oriented way of thinking and mm-hmm. betters can't get caught up in that so I'm hesitant to lay more than a touchdown with this offense against an average football team which right. I think it's fair to call the Eagles right now the concern for the Eagles of course is the offensive line against this Ravens blitz it's why we faded Philly last week how bad Carson Wentz is against pressure the Eagles actually did a pretty good job of countering that pressure against Pittsburgh. Wentz was 10 and 10 of 14 on third down against the Steelers last mm-hmm. week. Uh, but it's always a concern with Wentz with these aggressive defenses who can force them into poor decisions. Uh, the Ravens lead the NFL in points per play allowed, and it's not close. This defense is legit. So if you're backing the Eagles here, you're just praying that Wentz doesn't give this one away. Uh, I do do think given what we've seen with this Ravens offense so far that Philly can keep this inside the number. Uh, so I do like that. We're getting 
the hook, maybe even more if this continues to climb. So the Eagles are my play here. It's not one of my favorite plays of the week. Probably won't land on my card, but if I were to bet it, I, I would take the Eagles here. <laughs> yeah. Marcus Epps, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Lane Johnson, Avante Maddox, and uh, Matt Pryor, Duke Riley, all out for the Eagles, according to Rob Madilly, who is there, who is a beat writer, it looks like, for this team. So, um, with all of those injuries and with things kind of setting up like they are, Brad, how do you do you think they can keep it within within the number or do you think this is maybe uh, this is a, a statement spot here for this Ravens team? So my initial look was to the Eagles because I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Brett that I'm worried about this Ravens offense. Uh, you know, if, if they're not going to call any design runs, as you said, that's that's what mm-hmm. they do. That's why they were this monster last year. And Lamar's he's not impressive as a passer. He's below average by the CPOE, CPOE yards per attempt, PFF passing grade. Like, you know, he's, he's not a good passer of the ball currently. Um, maybe that's the knee injury or whatever um, but then, and then the running game is fine but it's you know without him it's not special so suddenly you don't have that good an offence um, so, so I wanted to wanted to back the Eagles but they are they're injury riddled on the offensive line they're down their right guard it, as well this week he, he's got a mysterious illness uh, they they announced today I don't know if it's COVID they're, they're not saying um, but he's, he's already been ruled out so I don't know what illness that is it looks like Lane Johnson the right tackle the best player on the offensive line is not going to go again so again this is like the fifth time in, in six games they're going to have a brand new offensive line uh, there's one starter from the start of the year still in there so against this this blitz communication obviously is key on this offensive line you know they're going to be sending blitzes from everywhere I think they had five DBs with a sack last week so I think we're going to see more of that. So we got to it that I think the Ravens' offense is overrated. I think the Eagles' offense is going nowhere. So under 48, I think, is is definitely a total I could go under. Um, I see minus 111 out there. Um, So I have have had a small bet on that. I think uh, that would be the way to go. I think that if this is going to be a play for me, it would probably only be Ravens in a teaser leg. I think that they win this game. Would it surprise me if they won this game by 24? It would not. But would it surprise me if they won this game by a field goal? That also would not surprise me with kind of how things are going here. So with that amount of uncertainty, it would be kind of Ravens in a teaser leg or nothing for me. But as we sit right now, not a game that has made it into my... uh, not a game that's made it into my account, and we'll we'll see if it does, but I can't imagine a lot's going to change between now and then. Um, all right, Brad, so let's go to Bengals and the Colts. The Colts are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. There are some eights now popping out there at home against the, the Bengals. 46-and-a-half is the total. Yeah, another another one I like actually, and I've gone back the Colts minus seven and a half and minus eight. Again, it's it's just a mismatch on both sides of the ball in the trenches. Essentially, um, you've got the Colts, you know, with the Forest Buckner um, and and good, good ends against this sort of bottom ranked Bengals Bengals offensive line. We saw what they did last week against the Ravens. Um, you know, just sacks and pressure in, in Burrow's face all day. And I just don't really see why it would be any different. I mean, they come at you in a, in a slightly different way, just, you know, beating you with four rather than sending blitzes from everywhere. But it's just a huge mismatch. And then on the other side of the ball, the Colts, they want to run the ball. They want to, you know, dump off the dump it off and just move up and down the field kind of methodically. And the Bengals, I, I don't really see how they can stop them. <laughs> Obviously, they, they got um, they got Atkins back last week, which was a plus, mm-hmm. but then they promptly lost DJ Reader, who's, you know, he was a very good defensive tackle in there as well. So I, I just don't see them offering much resistance and stopping the Colts doing what they want to do. Brett, you know, listen, 
you know, I think that uh, Joe Burrow, future Hall of Famer and all that. But now I'm actually backing off of this sentiment because I don't know if he is going to make it long enough in the NFL to make it to the Hall of Fame. This guy is getting blasted. This offensive line is a sieve. He dropped back. 30 times last week, he was hit on 15 of those dropbacks. He is getting hit every other dropback, and he was sacked another six or seven times or whatever. It's just uh, no, absolutely no help from that offensive line for him. And so uh, I understand why this line sitting where it is. I know a lot of people probably look at it and say like, ah, oh, man, that seems like too many points. And, and maybe it is, but I understand at least why it's lined the way that it is because Burrow's going to, Burrow's no time uh, to throw the ball. He's getting absolutely murdered. And then, uh, you know, AJ Green's been no help for them Zach as well. It's just a bad state of affairs for the Bengals. Look, I'm not looking past that game last week, but I'm, I'm not giving it, I'm not weighing it like I normally would just because it was Burrow facing a pressure, pressure package he's never seen before. I think he's, I think he's more prone to bounce back this week against a defense that is a little beat up right now already without Malik Hooker. Mm-hmm. Darius Leonard hasn't practiced this week. Justin Houston has been limited yeah. in practice. So I do lean Bengals. I capped this at seven. It's just, it's hard for me to lay more than a touchdown with Phillip Rivers in this offense against anyone right now. Last week we said, you know, they've got to prove it and they didn't. So I still need to see it out of Rivers. And this this Bengals pass defense actually rates pretty well from the metrics right now. I'm not really sure I understand why. I mean, they did a pretty good job against Lamar last week. That game was just burrow against that that uh, that pass rush from the Ravens. That's how they won yeah. that game. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think the Ravens are the not the Ravens. The Bengals can can find their way back into this game if they fall behind. So I'll I'll take them at plus seven and a half. Or eight. Yeah. All right. This is a, this was a quick pass for me, Uh, a a quick pass for me. So I'll, yeah, we'll take the eight, Brett. If we're going to, yeah, if we're going to take it, we'll take the eight. Um, Quick pass for me on that one. Just uh, too much, too much uncertainty with those two teams for me to try to get involved and, and, and put too much effort into it. Jets, and the Dolphins, the Dolphins, this is, this is the state of affairs for the Jets. The Dolphins are now 10-point favorites at multiple books. Uh, you can still find nine and a halfs out there, but 10-point favorites at multiple different shops out there if you want to bet the Dolphins. Um, Brett, 47 is the total in this one. That actually is where I kind of started my look was more the under. And I know we don't want to bet unders in the year of our Lord here, 2020 uh, COVID year. But um, I, the, the Jets, tell me how they, I mean, maybe the Dolphins score 48 on their own. I don't know. Tell me how the Jets score 17 yeah, points nothing. in this game. And then if you can explain uh, that to nothing. me, then like, we'll I, go from there. Didn't this open like eight and a half? What the hell? <laughs> what, what? I think I, like, the books are so confused about what to do yeah. with the Jets right now. Because you look at them, they're facing Miami here, a team that, I mean, it's Miami, but Miami is like sneaky, kind of like a fringy playoff team right now. And they were, they opened them short of 10 against the worst team in the NFL and like not even close. Like the Jets metrically are horrifyingly bad. So, I mean, I I think maybe, you know, people miss their window to get Miami at a really good price. It's now at 10 and will probably climb. But even still, this line Mm -hmm. should be double digits. I I, I don't understand what the books I don't. The books are just so confused about what to do with the Jets right now. Brad, I will back bad teams. I have made a I have now sworn off backing pathetic teams for the rest of 2020. And that's basically what this Jets team is. So I'm I would not back the Jets at at, you know, it'd take a number up to like 17 before I'd even consider backing the Jets here. So 10, even that is not enough for me. Um, what did you think about my total look? And then what do you see about this from a side side aspect? Um, yeah, I would lean to the under. What's interesting, particularly, is Miami. They play very differently depending on whether they're ahead, for, whether they're ahead or behind. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they get a good lead, they will just sit on the ball. They will milk the clock, and they will go very, very slowly. Um, which is, you know, that's the, we think they're going to. We think right. they're going to put up thirty or something, and then just kill the game, which they did against the Jags on that Thursday night game. Um, 
and I, I could see a very similar game script to that. So that would be the way I would lean there. I haven't haven't bet it. Uh, would also lean to the Dolphins as well. I I think the Dolphins mm-hmm. might be good. I think they might be a legitimately good team here. So I've got them third in early down success rate, non garbage time. Um, you know, ahead mm-hmm. of Seattle, ahead of Dallas, ahead of Las Vegas, ahead of Buffalo. So you know that's that's a good offense. They're moving the ball consistently, nice, and and it's not just consistent, is it? You know, they can be explosive with Parker as well. And the Jets, they keep getting these great spots, like Thursday night football against the backup quarterback in the Denver Broncos, like the third backup, no players left, everyone's injured, and they lose by ten or something. It, like yeah. the the 49ers with no no players, they lose by thirty. It's like you, I, they're awful. That you couldn't you couldn't back them. You'd be nuts to back them. Um, so at ten, though, I probably can't go Miami. <laughs> Um, right, you know it's yeah, it's just a huge number to lay. Um, so yeah, would lean Miami, would lean lean under, but the current numbers probably just not on my card. Brad, this is one of the more interesting games of the week. This is Green Bay, one of the hottest teams in all of the NFL, coming off of a bye, going up against Tampa Bay, who probably looked as bad as they could possibly look in their last outing. Packers, one point favorites on the road, a total of 55, 55 and a half against Tampa Bay. Yeah, no, no, another great game, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely bought into the Packers. You know, I think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Um, I thought a great comparison was the Falcons in year two under Kyle Shanahan. You know, when they, in 2018, I think it mm-hmm. was, 2016, when they went nuts, went to the Super Bowl and were scoring 35 every week. Um, kind of a, you know, a, an advanced quarterback who learnt the scheme in his second year and just took off, which is possibly what we've got here. You know, similar scheme, lots of motion, lots of play action. Maybe Rogers has learnt the scheme and and he's playing on time. He's playing rhythm. You know, he's going to have Devontae Adams back here, and I think I'm, I'm confident the Packers will put up. 35 here you know they're, they're on historic pace for points per drive they're like 0.5 better than anyone ever um, they can block the Bucks. they've got the best offensive line in the league um, and then the Bucks. A. Vita Vea is out we, we don't know for sure but I think that's going to be pretty huge for that run defence because they've been best in the league for two years now and he is a key part of that because you've got a you've got a double team him every time and then they're also possibly dealing um, with an injury to Colton Davis the receipt the um, cornerback who's he's been covering number one receivers all year mm-hmm. he's he's very highly graded he's, he's a kind of underrated corner and if you lose him as well then I just think the Packers are going up and down the field um and obviously the buy, you know, you probably give him an extra point for that. I also think the Bucks are going to move the ball as well. Packers like thirty first defense by DVOA. Um, Brady should have his receivers back in full complement here. Godwin, Evans, possibly a bit gimpy on his ankle, but you know, out there and good for jump balls. So I could just see both teams going up and down the field. I would have a slight lean to the over at fifty five. Is it 55 now? 55 and a half? You know, I would think 57 is probably a fair number and I would keep an eye on that weather because it was about 11 mile an hour wind. So yeah, we'll bet over 55. Um, I've not done it yet. Brett, this is the something's got to give game. Uh, if we look here at the offensive metrics, the number one offensive team in the NFL, DBOA, is the Packers. The number two overall ranked offense according to Pro Football Focus is the Packers. Then we look at the defensive side. DBOA, the number two overall defense. DBOA, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the number two overall defense. I mean, the number one overall defense, according to Pro Football Focus, the Tampa Bay Bucks. So we have the the consensus best offense against the consensus best defense here. Something's got to give. Who wins out? I will. Pro- I would probably lean Bucks. I don't have a whole lot to add here. I thought that was a great breakdown by Brad. Uh, but you know, Green Bay, the only unbeaten team against the spread left this season. So you can make the case that they are the most likely due for some regression against the market. They're coming off the bye. But in reality, you know, not a whole lot more prep time than the Bucks, who just played on Thursday Night Football. Look ahead was Bucks minus two and a half. That line was probably inflated some. Um, but yeah, I still do think they've earned the right to be a favorite at home when they have their offensive weapons in the lineup. And it appears they will be a full strength on offense. But like Brad said, you know, now you've got some some issues on defense where they have been so good this year. So uh, this game leaves me confused. I don't really have a lean, but I I, I would go Bucks uh, just winning this game outright. 
Yeah. So before this free fell and the Bucks were at two and a half, I put them into a teaser leg. So I got the Bucks up to eight and a half at home on this one. And that was the only way I was willing to play this. I cannot wait to watch this game. I think this is going to tell us a ton about both of these teams. And so I am super excited for all of that. But the only way I was going to play this one was in a teaser. Getting the Bucks at home up over eight was really, uh, really something I was excited about whenever I got it. And then of course, seeing that number plummet uh, makes me feel even better about that. So uh, bucks in a teaser leg, it's still sitting at one. If you like, if you're the type of person that does run the, the six and a half point teasers, I typically don't, but you could get it up over a touchdown. If you wanted to go that direction, I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Rams and the Niners, uh, Brad, let's start with you on this one. The Rams only a three point favorite against this 49ers team. Now they are getting a little bit healthier, but the Rams have looked great. 49ers have not. And they're yet, they are only three point favorites here. You say only three point favorites, which is, you know, before the season, you would have gone Rams are three point favorites at San Francisco. It's nuts. Um, Yeah, I am involved on the over here. I took over 52 and over 51 and a half. Um, So it starts. So obviously we know, Mm. I'm pretty confident that the Rams can move the ball here. You know, this is like, this is the second offense by DVOA there, top five by success rate. Um, And they're still, you know, the the Niners are obviously very, very banged up. I also think the Niners can move the ball because the, (laughs) I think you're going to see a lot of Aaron Donald in the run game get abused. You know, I think PFF were talking about this week that he's going to be penetrating up the field (laughs) and you're going to see a lot of guards just, like pulling across, trapping him out of the game and most are in the hole gone. Um, I also think Shanahan can abuse mm-hmm. these linebackers. You know, this is probably the weak point of the Los Angeles defense. Um, so you're gonna, I think you're going to see lots of Kittle, lots of Moster, lots of Debo going across the middle mm-hmm. and just abusing those linebackers. Um, so I would say that the San Francisco offense... Jimmy G practiced in full, um, so I can I can forgive him last week. Um, you know, he probably did have a, a lingering ankle effect there. Um, and you know, if you're not throwing with your base, he was sailing throws and stuff. So we hope he, we hope he's back to full health. And then the San Francisco offense is is at its full strength mm-hmm. basically. Um, and as long as they stay on schedule and don't give Donald like third and ten to just wreck the guards, then I think they will put up points. And uh, as I say, I think um, I think the Rams can answer. Um, and the last thing I would say is that <laughs> the other reason I like the over was the strength of schedule. Both uh, both of these teams, I think they're first and seventh in easiest defensive schedules. Um, they basically both just played the NFC East and those just jokes of teams there. So they're, they're coming up against real offenses here. And I think both teams are going to be going up and down the field. So I, I like the over. Brett, what do we think about this one? Uh, again, an interesting situation where one team has looked, you know, pretty good most weeks. One team has looked pretty bad most weeks, but the line doesn't re- really reflect that. Man, it's weird. Rarely do you see a look ahead line move so violently the other way. Uh, normally, this would be a spot where I'd be like, yes, uh, uh, an opportunity to get to hop right back on the Niners, who looked like the worst team in the NFL last week and the market adjusted. Yeah. Uh, but that look ahead did not account for how poor this team is right now, especially on the, def- on the uh, defensive side of the ball. This is not a good football team right now. You know, after watching the way the Dolphins picked apart this defense, I think this line might be a couple points short. Yeah. They're just such a different team than last year. They can't run the they can't rush the quarterback. Last year, they you know, these these defensive backs last year all looked like Pro Bowlers because they had so many opportunities to make plays on rushed throws and tip balls, fumbles. They're getting embarrassed this year. Jimmy Ward, who going into last year was like an average at best safety for most of his career. He was an 85 grade by PFF last season. He's grading as a 41 this year. There's just too much pressure on these defensive backs, and it's not a coincidence. They don't have anybody getting after the quarterback. So this is just a very different unit from top to bottom. And now here they face one of the better offenses in the NFL. I think the Rams are going to have their way with this defense. So I'm, I'm pretty heavy on the Rams this week. Yeah, there's a lot of people on, on San Francisco. I'm the opposite here. I'm, I think I'm a little bit higher on the Rams than most. I'm probably higher than the market on the Rams than most. But uh, I have no confidence whatsoever in the San Francisco offense to be able to consistently put together multiple drives in order to outscore this Rams team that only has to win by a field goal in this situation. So I'm with you, Brett. And um, I know that's crazy to say, but I, I'm I'm definitely on the Rams. I, I, I'm... Further, I'm higher on the Rams than most, and I'm definitely lower than most on the 49ers. So it's kind of like the perfect storm for me here to go against this uh, this Niners team. Uh, Brett, let's talk about your Bills at home, four-and-a-half-point dogs against the Chiefs. 
I uh, I have no idea what to do with this man. It's just it's just you know the, the the circumstances going in here like the the shorter week. It's not that short of a week. It's not like we we talked about with the Titans early in the uh, earlier in the show where yeah. they have like a super short week. But until I know more of what this Bills defense is going to look like, I I have no I have no take on this game whatsoever. I don't know what to expect here. I initially would lean Chiefs just because coming off coming off that loss the surprising loss the market surely adjusted some but then the bills went out and embarrassed themselves in prime time as well so <laughs> i say i have no i have no take on this game quite yet i'll have to we'll have to talk about it uh, over the weekend brad uh weird number sitting four four and a half something like that um two teams that up until a week ago everybody thought were you know super bowl contenders now we have people questioning whether they're even going to make the you know how they're going to uh, pull out of all this what do we make of this game and what do we make of this number? I took the four and a half of the Bills, did that about an hour ago just before we jumped on. Um, there was the practice right. report out today. Um, Milano, Trey White, the corner, and John Brown all practiced, all basically in full, no red jerseys, um, which is you know what prompted me to make the bet. So I can I can forgive the Bills the, that Tuesday night performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, they I think they flew out on Sunday. They only knew they were playing that game on Sunday. There was a chance they would just go straight to Thursday night football. So you know there, there was going to be there was issues in preparation there. They were hamstrung by injuries as we said those three players were out um, Levi Wallace the other corner was out and they still actually on the field they matched Tennessee for success rate both had 52% success rate so you've got you've got a situation where they had terrible injury luck or you know just terrible injury situation terrible preparation yeah. and then they've they've lost by 30 and they didn't really deserve to lose by 30 the other thing Tennessee were doing they um, suddenly played a lot of zone on um, on jo- Josh Allen who all year long he'd been seeing a lot of man looks and basically they, they forced him to sit in the pocket and just progress through the reads and he didn't look that comfortable doing it um, so again now, now the Bills can come and counter that back so I can forgive them that. I think they're still a very, very good team and, you know, a playoff contender and could go deep in the playoffs. And as for the Chiefs, we talked about it earlier, they're, they're 19th in early down success rate in neutral game script. Like, that's just that's just not the Chiefs at all. And I think I think the problem is that interior, interior O-line, um, where they are struggling to block and the Bills do have the horses on the D-line to, to get in his face again. So we, we, know, we know the ceiling is high, but they've hit that ceiling once this year for the Chiefs. So... I just, yeah, I just think four and a half at home for a, a Bills team that's going to be fired up and is healthy again, I think is uh, too many. All right, let's let's uh, let's close things out, Brad, here with uh, Arizona and Dallas. This is, uh, with, of course, the big news being Dak Prescott going down, and they have now turned to the red rifle in Andy Dalton. This is why you signed Andy Dalton in the offseason, is because if something happened to your quarterback, you needed to go to somebody that could get it done. This is still an incredibly weak division. So therefore we know that this division is still up for grabs. If Dallas is able to string together a couple wins here, we are looking at the Cardinals as either one point or one and a half point favorites on the road at the Cowboys, a total of 54 and a half or 55. This seems like to me, weirdly the wrong team is favored. What say you? Yeah, I would probably have it around Pickham. I think it's it's a nice, it's a bit of a it's a soft landing here for Dalton, isn't it? Um, mm. I would say when the Cowboys, Dalton's always been a product of his surroundings. That's kind of the the, the book on him, isn't it? If he if he's got a good offensive line, he's got good weapons, he will take he can take to the playoffs as he did for years with Cincinnati. Now he's got the weapons, he's got the three receivers. He doesn't have the offensive line. I think he's got a bad offensive line. But I think the Cardinals are not going to be able to take advantage this week, especially as their best pass rusher, Chana Jones, out for the season with a bicep injury last week. So I, I think he's going to have time back there in the pocket to um, to find his receivers. And I think the Cardinals' back end is not that good. Um, what's his name? Patrick Peterson is he's kind of a shell of himself. I don't, I don't know whether yeah. that's because he, he popped for PEDs and he's just not as good since, but he's not who he was. So um, I, I can see the Cowboys moving the ball nicely. Um, the other side of the ball is interesting again. We, you know, we spoke last week the card, the Cardinals, they were had good success rate, but they weren't taking the deep shots. They did take their deep shots last week, but were they playing an NFL defense in the Jets? 
Probably not. Are they playing an NFL defense this week? Probably not. So that again, so here I'd be looking for the over, but then Jerry Jones has been on Dallas radio all week saying we need to run the ball, we need to feed Z. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, I've, I, it's, it's no bet for me at the current number. I think it should, probably should be Pickham. Any any odds against any plus money on Dallas is probably a shade of value. Um, and I would probably lean to the over because I think once you get into the heat of battle and, and the cards start scoring, then you start throwing. So, uh, you know, everyone's got a plan to get punched in the face. So, yeah. Yeah, this is very Dallas. true. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm sitting here where I'm kind of like, you know what? what in the world just happened since we have been on the air? What I am. I just saw the line move. Uh, yeah. I just saw this Ravens game at DraftKings Ooh, just flashed to nine and a half. It's nine. At, oh, it's nine at BetMGM. It is nine and a half at points bet. Oh my goodness. That's a full point and a half move since we have been sitting here. And and wow. total down half point to forty seven and a half. What did we? There must be some news. We will certainly uh, we'll 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 certainly uh, have it over on the lines if uh, whatever the, whatever the news is that we missed or something. Because uh, I mean, is it just because Deshaun Jackson and and Alshon Jeffrey are not going to play like we talked about? I mean, I thought that was kind of a a given that they weren't going to play. I don't know. I, th- I thought Alshon was out, and I saw. Um, Deshaun Jackson might play. No, they. I mean, it's it's official. No, like, oh, it's, yeah, it's official, is it? Yeah. So the 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 guy put out that that he's not going to play, but that's just uh, that is a hell of a move right there. Um, based off of that. So it's um, so it said uh, Deshaun had a really good day yesterday, but he's out for a third straight game. Alshon out again. Lane Johnson, Matt Pryor, Duke Riley, Marcus Epps, and Avante Maddox are all out. Yeah, you, when it's all written down like that, you you think <laughs> right. You got it happened with the Saints, didn't it? Where yeah. two weeks against the Lions, where they were all sort of questionable. When you go, no Lattimore, no blah blah blah. You know, yeah. there's like six starters are out, and you you read that, and go, yeah, I need to bet. Yeah, yeah, you totally you totally get it. Okay, so that's interesting. That is a that is a record for this podcast, and probably will never happen again. A full point and a half move in the in the like ten minutes since we've been talking about since we were talking about that game. Uh, I would add that so there's there's is that's injuries pretty much all on the offensive side for, for Philly and the the total is actually not moved that much. I'm still I'm seeing under forty eight minus one ten currently. So I think that's I think that's a good bet. Going to say if yeah if we had that lean anyway that was a that was good. Um, all right, so Cardinal Cowboys like I said I feel like this game probably favored on the wrong side here. I think the Cowboys pick them or as a, as a one point favorite in this. And so for me I wouldn't even worry about the point. I'm not going to lay. I would just take the money line on the. Cowboys at even money are a little bit better depending on where you're depending on where you're looking this Cardinals team as you mentioned without Chandler Jones being out there and being able to kind of disrupt I think that Dalton this is like you said basically the perfect spot for him to get into this offense and really get going with those weapons that he has I mean look we know that they're going to give up points but if both teams are scoring a bunch, I'll go with the team that has the better offense that I feel like can score more than the other. And I think that's the Cowboys in this situation. So uh, in a coin flip type situation, give me the better offense and the Cowboys and I'll take that. So uh, Cowboys on the money line for me, I'm not even going to worry about taking that point. So we uh, we talked about the best bets and you said your best bet of the week is going to be the football team, huh? Yeah, Washington football plus three best bet. I like it. I like it. Um, like I said, I know this is uh, it, it seems incredibly weird to say with the way that things are kind of playing out and the way that the Browns have looked. I'm I'm pretty, pretty bullish on this Steelers team in this uh, in this matchup with the Browns. I think this is a bad matchup. And with Baker, with the with the injury situation that he's dealing with, I think it could be a nightmare type day for him if they're able to get home on some of these blitzes. And of course, we know that they're very, very good in coverage as it is anyway. So it uh, could be a long day for him. Really, really like that one. And we're going to have to dig in a little bit more into some of these. Other, we're getting news as we're as we're recording here. So uh, we'll try to keep you updated on all that. But guys, as always, if you want to follow Brad at Brad Allen NFL, you want to follow Brett at Brett Colson, you want to follow me at Matt Brown M2. And of course, head over to the YouTube channel, subscribe over there. Everything is free there as well. For Brett, for Brad, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>